Welcome to episode 39 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, joined by Matt, Andrew, and Matt, and a very special guest, a national champion, the California kid, Joey Calcaterra. Joey, how you doing today? Doing well. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, we thank you for coming on. I mean, it's the off season. Obviously, you're done with UConn, so you have some free time. So it worked out for all of our schedules. We can get some content and get an interview because the fans want to know what you've been up to since the season ended now over three months ago, which is crazy to crazy to say. So I guess I'll start there. How, what have you been up to since the April, like when the, when the championship occurred? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, right after that national championship, I made sure I took some time to, uh, you know, celebrate and enjoy our accomplishments with my teammates. Um, you know, I stayed around stores until school got out early May. So um, you know, that's just the type of relationships I built. I wanted to stick around and, uh, you know, enjoy those last moments I had um, with those guys on the roster. And so, um, you know, I stayed there till early May, came back here and, and been home ever since, hanging out with family and, uh, you know, recently just took a trip to Italy with my family. But, um, you know, in terms of basketball, um, you know, hired an agent right after season. Um, we were talking to a couple NBA teams trying to get myself in um, to be seen for a couple of pre-draft workouts, but unfortunately um, none of the teams pulled the trigger on any of those. So kind of missed the opportunity on summer league, but um, you know, I'm still working. I got the, uh, I got invited to play on the TBT team. So we play uh, actually starting next Wednesday. Um, the 19th is our first game in Wichita. Uh, so I got practice tonight here and uh, got to drive about an hour South down to Santa Clara because that's where the team's based out of it's um Team's called Living the Dream. Um, there's like three dudes from Santa Clara who I played against throughout my time at USD. And then um, there's a few guys from UCLA as well um, to make up the rest of that roster. And then they invited me to join in as well. So um, got to practice there tonight, tomorrow night. And then we uh, got a little scrimmage on Saturday and then and then on a plane uh, Sunday out to Wichita. So that's just what I've been doing. Um, you know, still working hard, still trying to pursue my goals with basketball, but um, you know, still got that goal of making it to the NBA one day. So, um, you know, any route I got to take to get there, I'm going to, I'm going to go after it. So I'm still working. Yeah, it's cool. I didn't know you're playing in the TBT. Every year I see that, I say, why does UConn not have a team? They have so many good players over the years, even some guys that are kind of fresh, like, I don't know, Jalen Adams or Christian Fatale. They have a bunch of guys. They'd run the table. I feel like, I feel like they need a team, but that's definitely a cool tournament. I, I'll definitely tune in now that I know you're in it. That, that, sounds like a fun fun time for you it's always a fun tournament seeing all these old college guys and yeah also I saw on that trip to Italy uh, your brother got engaged so congrats to him I know it's a it's big for your family so yeah congrats to him yeah long time coming they've been uh they were dating for about 10 years so it's about that time all right I'm gonna pick it up here uh no figured why not start from the beginning? So way back, you know, before your days at UConn, you know, you were very close to uh, ending up at Vanderbilt. You received a call from Dan Hurley. Um, what was that like? What was that whole experience like, you know, hearing from Hurley, uh, you know, fulfilling, you know, a dream of playing at UConn, coming in and, you know, winning a national championship? Well, how did, how did that feel? Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a relief when I got that call. Um, you know, it was a long couple months for myself being in that portal. Um, you know, coming from a place like San Diego, I didn't have the best numbers. I was, you know, double digits uh, in points a couple of years and, um, you know, solid numbers across the board, but nothing really that jumped out on the page. But, um, you know, I knew that that I had the capability of playing at, at the, you know, high major level in college basketball. Um, but obviously the, the portal nowadays is a tough place to be in um, coming from a situation like like I was in at USD. 
Um, so, you know, I was, I was three, four months in that portal without any high majors came, um, coming to call. And, um, you know, Vanderbilt was one of the first ones to come calling. Um, there were a few others, but um, they weren't that serious about it. But Vanderbilt um, came calling very serious. And as I was getting up, uh, scheduling a visit um, to go up and see Vanderbilt, uh, I started talking to Coach Luke Murray. He was the first one who actually reached out to me. And so, um, you know, just it was just a big time call, just something that I was waiting, you know, those couple months in the portal for. I was just waiting for an opportunity like that. And I wanted to go to a place where um, a program that has seen success over the years and, um, you know, obviously put me in a position like I, you know, like I saw myself in throughout this whole season. So, um, you know, it was just uh, it was just a blessing, you know, but it was it was definitely a long couple months for me in that portal. So it was just a, a you know, sigh of relief to hear that call come through. Now, speaking of moments that, you know, made you a Husky, I want to talk about the Georgetown game a little bit. You know, you were you were our savior during that game. You know, I was watching that game at home and I was way more into it than I should have. You know, I thought it was just a any old game against Georgetown, but it was really close and you you were our savior. So I just want to know, did Danny tell you that you were going to have to be the one to take over that game or was that just you playing Joey Calcaterra basketball? Yeah, that was just me going in the game and, um, you know, taking the opportunities that were given to me. Um, you know, I was scoreless throughout the whole first half and about, um, I think I got my first bucket with, uh, you know, 11 minutes left in the game. Um, and my first bucket was was a pass from Dre and I took one dribble to the middle and got fouled on an and one floater. Um, and so that just got me going. You know, I wasn't trying to force anything. I just came in into the game. Just, you know, that's what me and Haas were really trying to do at that point in the year. We're just trying to come into the game and provide a spark. Uh, you know, along with Naheem off the bench. So, um, you know, me and Haas really came in and, and were big with energy and, and just making a few plays that helped change that game around. And um, obviously we saw a couple buckets go through the rim. And, and once you see a couple, you know, you start feeling good. And, and it was history from there. So, um, you know, but big credit to Haas that game as well. Um, you know, me and him, it was a, it was a, you know, definitely a tag team effort. And, um, you know, from there on, we started, uh, you know, clicking the game was, game was finished and, and we got back to UConn basketball and finished, uh, you know, beating them by double digits. I mean, you just, it, like the behind or the through the legs pass to Donovan for the dunk and then the, the one-handed catch and you put it right out. Like that was just, seemed like, like you had just known that you're going to take over that game. Like I was just watching them like, this kid is, this kid is something special. Like just watching that game, realizing that, that you were just completely taken over the entire building was just awesome to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's easy to play when when you got guys like that, you know, on your roster around you, um, you know, big Donovan, you could throw the ball at him anywhere and he's going to go get it and dunk it. So, um, you know, it's just a special group of guys to play with. And, you know, they just help make the game a whole lot easier for yourself. We mentioned the national championship. We haven't really talked too much about it yet, though. I mean, when did you you as Joey Calcaterra know that UConn was capable of winning it all and kind of a second part, you know, maybe it's just when the final buzzer sounded, but when did you know you'd win it all? Like personally, when I see UConn is in the eighties and Gonzaga's in the forties and the elite eight, I, I don't picture them losing the rest of the way. That's kind of when I had a good feeling they win it all. When, when was that for you? And when did you know your team could, was capable? Yeah. Um, I mean, before the season, um, you know, as expected, UConn coaching staff, coach Hurley, coach Hurley leading the pack, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight from start to finish. And before the season, you know, I really didn't know how good we were going to be um, because because the coaches were pushing us so hard and they were like, you guys aren't there yet. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And you guys are nowhere near, um, you know, where we need to be at to make this thing successful. So, um, you know, coming from San Diego, I had, I had no idea what it was going to take to be successful in the Big East and, and have an actual shot at a title run. And um, so really no idea how good we were going to be heading into the season. Obviously, I knew with dudes and pieces like Adama, you know, Hawk and, and Dre as the, you know, core three, we were going to be all right. But um, you just never know how a team, you know, full of transfers, we're gonna, transfers and, and newcomers is going to, you know, fit together. But as soon as, you know, we stepped on that floor for the first game and, and we take off 14-0, you know, it's a whole different story from there. We start building confidence and, and I think we're the best team, you know, to, to ever play college basketball. Um, but then we, we hit that little slump, you know, throughout January and, um, you know, it, it, it broke us down a little bit, but, you know, thankfully enough, we had a, you know, great leadership in our locker room and great veterans who were, you know, up to, up to the task to help, uh, you know, turn that thing around. And, you know, heading into February, we were, um, you know, clear headed and, and, and just had a common goal on mine, which is when, you know, went out the rest of the season and, um, you know, we had a couple championships that we were looking at from day one that we wanted to, um, you know, win. And, you know, uh, Big East regular season was kind of out the out of the picture at that point. But um, we had two big trophies on our mind headed into the uh, Big East tournament, obviously NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, it was just a group of guys who, um, you know, were able to um, show maturity throughout the ups and downs of a season. And um, but, you know, eventually, as we started playing more and more together, the confidence started to grow. And as you can see, uh, towards the end of the season, how confident we were playing with each other and, um, you know, showed what type of team we were to, from start to finish. Now, on that note, could I just ask about, you know, what was happening in the locker room and what was being said during that little slump of games during early conference play where you guys weren't winning too much? I mean, um, you know, it was uh, it was what you would expect. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say that uh, you know, there weren't people in there with their heads down a little bit and um, you know, questioning things about themselves and how they were playing. You know, I was in a big slump throughout. You know, most of regular season Big East play. It's just, um, you know, it's a hard it's a hard league to be successful in. Um, and you know, with the role I had, it was it was a very fine line that. I had to, you know, walk in order to play well, or, you know, I'm not, you know, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not going to be playing much. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just that time of the uh, the basketball season, you know, it's a, it's a very long season, one of the longest college sports seasons, um, you know, out there. And so, um, you know, it's, we just, we just had to keep our heads up, you know, as much as possible. And, you know, like I said, you know, thankfully for the veteran leadership we had in that locker room, we were able to figure it out and turn it around, but um but, you know, it's, it's, it's just basketball. It's, it's a game of ups and downs, and, and you're always going to have downs. So it's just doing whatever you can do to get back to the top. You know, um, we've covered the team the entire season, and you wouldn't believe how many times we had to remind fans how long the season is and how many ups and downs there are throughout a season. You know, especially UConn fans. I'd be lying if I said we weren't a little spoiled and they were getting impatient. But anyways, on another note, um. I want to talk about um, USD for a second. Obviously, I'm sure you feel like you owe a lot to USD. Um, you graduated from there. You played four years of your career there. I'm sure you learned a lot. But that being said, it's just not really on the same pedigree as UConn, not really, you know, the same culture. What would you say is the biggest difference in terms of culture from USD to UConn? You know, something that was noticeable to you. Um, 
I would just say the, you know, the effort and um, just the resources that are available, um, you know, just simply from a manager's standpoint. Uh, every year at San Diego, we had one or two managers who were, you know, in and out of the gym for rebounding for everybody, um, you know, every day. And, you know, you go to UConn and we got 15, 20 managers who were, you know, you're you're in there by yourself and you got three managers help help rebound in a pass for you. So, um, you know, it's, it's just night and day in terms of resources available, training staff stuff, uh, you know, even even schoolwork stuff, you know, but. Um, you know, credit to San Diego, they, they do a great job, you know, taking care of their student athletes, you know, we're always, um, you know, staying at the best places, eating the best food, and, and they really try to, you know, expend themselves and, and spend a lot of energy, you know, trying to take care of us and making sure that we're, you know, performing at the, at the best, uh, you know, possible um, place that we can, and, um, you know, obviously on court, athleticism, speed, height, um, all that stuff is all, also very apparent, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's basketball, and and there were a lot of talented dudes that I played with at San Diego who who helped me get better and obviously helped prepare me for this, uh, for that, for this last season at UConn. Yeah, and in that last season at UConn, uh, you had a lot of great teammates, Adama Sanogo, Andre Jackson, Jordan Hawkins, just to name a few. Uh, how do, How is it, you know, seeing these guys, you know, move on to the NBA, Hawkins being a lottery pick? Uh, Jackson getting drafted and Sonogo getting signed up uh, by the Bulls. How, how's that? Uh, does that make you feel? Yeah, it's very cool to see. Um, you know, you just from start to finish this whole year, I, I see the the hard work that the dudes like those three put in, um, you know, from start to finish. There was no let up all season in, in terms of workload and, and what they're bringing to the team. So um, just a lot of credit um, goes to them for the success that we saw this year on the court for UConn basketball. And um, you know, all, all their success to come in, in the NBA for all three of them, they're going to they're they're all going to have long careers and successful careers in the NBA, I believe. And, um, you know, they all deserve the best and just great, great humans from from top to bottom, great families around them. So, um, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's just a special time for, for them and, you know, for us to be able to share it. Um, you know, I hope to see them when they come out and play Golden State if I'm going to be in California at the time. So. Um, you know, I'm going to definitely try to see him whenever I can, um, you know, still reach out and talk to him. So. Yeah, I want to highlight Andre real quick. I mean, we see on TV, he jumps out of the gym. He, you throw up a weak layup, he's swatting it off the backboard. He sees everyone on the court at once with his passing vision. I mean, we see all that on TV. What's it like being in the game with him in practice of practice with him? He's so unique. He's so talented, athletic. What's it like playing with him? Yeah, me and uh, Andre had a very unique um, relationship this year, kind of, uh, you know, very similar people in, in terms of our personalities on the court. Um, you know, very local, intense guys who bring a lot of energy and, and just like to fly around and have fun. Um, so, you know, there was uh, there was always always competing with me and Dre for who was going to be the loudest in the gym and, and who was going to be the, the bring, be the one bringing the most energy on a particular day. Um, but yeah, you know, UConn doesn't see the success that we saw this season, you know, simply just because, um, you know, if we didn't have Andre Jackson on the team, um, you know, he was the he was the machine and he was the guy who kept everything running and kept everything solid in the locker room. And during that slump in January, you know, he was the ver first voice that you would hear in the locker room trying to pick everybody up. So um, he's just a special guy and he's just he's strictly going to have a, a great NBA career just off of uh you know, his personality and, and what he brings to the basketball court on, a, you know, a leadership end and, and, you know, vocal end.
Now, speaking of that locker room, I know you uh, you said that you've never like seen us before, but a lot of people that watch us probably know that I always ask this one question, and it's the funniest teammate question. You know, we've had Tyler Polly, Isaiah Whaley, Adama, and RJ. They've given us many different answers, but now we got to hear from our fifth guest. Who's the funniest uh, funniest guy in the locker room there, Joey? Andre Johnson Jr. Yeah. Deuce Johnson. I talk to him a lot. He seems like he's got a real, real good personality. Yeah, me and him, uh, we get we got along pretty well, and uh, I just enjoyed his uh, his sense of humor and um, you know what he joked around about. So he was always a good guy to be around, funny guy. Yeah, it's it it seems like he's got a pretty good, funny personality from from what I see. Sure. Yeah, that's an answer we haven't gotten yet, but. Who'd- who did Adama say? Who did Adama say? He said Martin. He said the funniest guy he ever played with was Martin and a cook, and I think Carlton too. Yeah, a couple guys that are gone by that were gone by the time you got there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Reese a little bit, but the other two I don't really know that well. Yep. Anybody? But, I'm sorry to cut in. I was just gonna say, you know, coming in, did anybody reach out to you? You know, maybe who came in in a similar situation that you know you weren't around to play with, but you know, reached out kind of just to you know, show you the ropes a little bit? Um, no, I just remember Dre was really the only one that re- reached out before my visit. Um, you know, it was, it was a couple of days before I came to campus um, that my visit was actually scheduled. So it was, very, it was on very short notice, but um, he made sure to reach out and, you know, welcome me and, and introduce himself, you know, before I stepped foot on campus, which was really nice. Anyways, on a different note, um, I want to talk a little bit about just some general experience. Now, besides a national championship ring, what would you say is the most valuable thing that you gained in your experience at UConn, whether that's, you know, a piece of advice or just something you went through that was a learning moment, something that you can't put a price on like you can a national championship ring? Um, yeah, I would just say, um, I would just say stepping outside my comfort zone. You know, I, I was... I was 23 when I stepped foot on UConn's campus, turned 24 in October. Um, So I was definitely on the older side of college, um, you know, players. And, um, but, you know, people always say that you should get outside um, of your hometown, home state. You know, I was in California. I've been in California all my life before I made that move to UConn. So, um, you know, I think it was a good experience for me to just get out and see something other than California for a, for a good chunk of time. Um, obviously, I made made great relationships um, over the whole year and great new connections that I think are going to last me a lifetime and um, just met a lot of really good people who can help, um, you know, impact my life for the better um, for, you know, the foreseeable future. And, um, you know, it was just it was a great experience for me. You know, I uh, I loved Connecticut, you know, the state in general from top to bottom, just all the love that, um, you know, all the fans and, and people of the state gave to me, you know, ever since I stepped foot on campus before anybody knew who I was. Um, you know, there was just always a great sense of community. And um, so I'm just very happy that that I took that leap and, and got out of California for a year and got to see what Connecticut was all about, because I met a, met a lot of good people up there and, uh, you know, I'll definitely be back and forth from there for the rest of my life. So. How did that first winter in the Northeast feel? 
it wasn't that bad. You know, a lot of people were trying to scare me and say that there was going to be, um, you know, a good amount of snow and, and rain. The wind was a little much at times, you know, it did get pretty windy on that UConn campus, but uh, I really didn't think it was too bad. Uh, they did a good job, you know, giving us uh, proper clothing and, and big jackets um, to help keep that snow away from us. But, uh, you know, it really wasn't that bad. All right, Joey, for this question, you cannot say the national championship. What was your favorite in-game moment for, throughout the whole season? You can't say winning the title. That's to be something different because obviously that's, I assume that would be your, your answer. Um, I, at the time, it was not my favorite, but and I'm sorry to put him on the spot, but I'll say Haas's looking back after we won the national championship, I can say Haas's dunk against St. John's where he got rim stuff, but we lost the game, which is unfortunate, but that dunk, looking back at it, that was, uh, that is hilarious. That was really funny. And, uh, you know, I felt bad for him at the time, but now we can look back and laugh. Um, but yeah, that was, that was probably one of my favorites, you know, obviously winning PK, PK 85, all that stuff is good, but, um, I look back and laugh on that one. So that's a good memory to have. Yeah. I remember watching him go up for that dunk and I was like, can he dunk? And then I was like, oh, guess not. <laughs> it's funny because he could dunk and he dunks a lot. I guess he was just a little tired legs on that one. But but now people probably can't probably think he can't dunk, which is funny, but he can. So. All right, we got to know. We got another uh, kind of unserious question. We got to know what's the go to warm up song. Um, I'm big. Uh, I'm big Gunna fan. OK. Like, you know, uh, Little baby, I don't really. Little baby's okay. Not that big of a little baby fan, but I'll go anything gonna. Um, I like Meek Mill before the game, so I'll probably go gonna Meek Mill. Anything from them too. Yeah, those are those are good options. You rock with the new Gunna album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Good. And just want to pull us back for a second uh, to that St. John's game. Uh, me and Connor were there. We were together watching that one. Um, you know, during that game, obviously wasn't the best game. There was a lot of criticism. You know, that was a big one. I felt losing to St. John's at home. Um, we were in a specific area, just surrounded by people, you know, uh, slandering Hurley, slandering the players, slandering rotations, this and that. I'm just wondering what you heard, um, throughout the season, uh, was there like criticism getting in, did was anybody talking about it? How did that affect you guys? Yeah, uh, Coach Hurley was always telling us to stay off social media, um, not read into, read into anything, because uh, obviously it was there. We would all see it on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, it's hard not to, not to go on social media and not see that stuff. Um, but, you know, for me, I've, I've seen that stuff. I was seeing that stuff at San Diego as well. I get, you know, private messages from people um, all the time, so. Um, nothing new to me, um, and I don't think it was nothing new to, to any of those dudes in the locker room. You know, it was just stuff we would laugh about because most of the time it's people who know nothing about basketball, and at the end of the day, um, you know, it's just it's just on us to figure things out, and, and we're the ones who are playing to achieve, you know, success for us, and, and um, you know, there are achievements and, and no one else's, you know. So, um, you know, we work towards that goal, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just us in the locker room. Um, who really matter, uh, you know, we're going to do whatever we got to do in order to win, you know, cancel the outside noise. We're just going to keep working. 
And uh, if you go and look back on this channel at any point, there's a 47 minute video. I think I think that we posted. Literally, us just complaining about that It was our worst episode. We we needed to get one out, and we were just all so annoyed about that game. It's it's literally a 47 minute rant about us just ranting about what was bad in that game. I can't remember what I can't remember at all what we said. But if you're curious. Go check it was it literally out. just us like we didn't <laughs> yeah. even talk much before or after like we were angry and we need to say things and just hit record so, <laughs> i understand so no hard feelings i was, yeah. I was pretty- it's just fun it's way funnier to look back at now you know because <laughs> of all the success and everything so i want to go back to a little positive and though obviously nil was a thing this year and really after that georgetown game you went off the joey california brand really emerge all the shirts with like the surfboards and how did that all come about was that your idea was that like a marketing person's idea how did that all come come about and I mean obviously it's a really great brand the shirts are cool the nickname I mean not saying Calcaterra is a hard last name to say but you're from California it kind of just meshes perfectly talk about that a little bit yeah the California works well with my name um you know coach Hurley originally gave me that gave me that nickname right when I got on campus and uh you know early on in the season they uh there was a group, um, I forget what the company name was called that, that uh, Yukon Husky Athletic Department was uh, working with, but I think it was Athlete Thread, but they reached out to me and um, told me that they wanted to, uh, you know, start making some merch for me um, with that Joey California name. And um, so they sent me a few designs actually about, a, it was about three weeks before the Georgetown game. So like halfway, uh, almost through our non-conference schedule. Um, but it just so happened that right, like the day after the Georgetown game, they texted me the next morning and they were like, okay, all the stuff is ready to go. And so I just so happened to post a link to all my new merch um, the day after the Georgetown game, which worked out pretty well and it was great timing. So um, it just so happened to work out that way. And, um, you know, thank, thankfully to the UConn fan base, um, you know, they love the nickname and, and got a kick out of it with all the uh, variations to it. So um, I was just glad that, that we were able to put some merch out there so that the fans can enjoy it. And, um, you know, obviously helps me a lot getting my name and my image out there. So, um, you know, a lot of thank yous go to, uh, you know, the companies that help put those merchandise, uh, you know, deals together. And, and thanks to the fan base for buying all my stuff. And then speaking of that fan base, you know, I can tell you firsthand that everybody in our fan base loved you since day one. But when did you realize that you loved UConn, that you made the right decision? Um, I mean, right when I stepped on campus, you know, just, I mean, even on my visit, it was, uh, you know, I left my visit knowing that it was going to be a hard opportunity to pass up. Um, and, you know, something that, uh, you know, probably wouldn't be the, the best decision to pass up. So, um, you know, really just going there and seeing all the facilities and all the resources that were available to all the guys, you know, it was, uh, it was truly just night and day from, from San Diego, like I said earlier. And, um, you know, when, when you come from a program like that, who, you know, basketball isn't their number one priority to a place, to a state where, you know, basketball is, UConn basketball is the state's number one priority, you know um it's just it's a big difference and uh you know just a blessing to be able to uh you know receive a scholarship to go play there yeah well I can definitely say that you guys don't have your ring and I don't have this hat if you weren't on the roster so it's a it's a big thank you for for joining us because honestly we don't we don't win that national championship without you 
Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, and I just got one question, not even about UConn, just about you personally as an athlete. So it's safe to say us four on this podcast, uh, we're not elite athletes. That's why we talk about sports and don't play them. But I was just wondering when you personally, like at what age were you like, wow, I'm actually really good at basketball? Um, I got some, I got actually a good sports story for you guys. I was, so I grew up, obviously picked up a basketball when I first started walking. My dad was a basketball player and um, grew up in St. Louis, uh, you know, played college in, uh, in Kansas city. And, um, you know, so I picked up a basketball early on. I also played baseball and I also played soccer. Um, but I knew I was pretty good. I was a pretty good athlete just in general. Um, you know, playing playing a couple of different sports, but I really excelled in soccer when I was younger. Um, I scored 26 goals in one soccer game when I was like five, six years old. There, but there were no goalies, so I was like just kicking the ball from from midfield and scored 26. And the other team um, was like, "Yeah, we're not playing anymore unless you take him out." But my coach didn't want to take me out, so the other team walked off the field and uh, made him quit. So. Um, but other than that, you know, I was, uh, you know, always good, good at basketball, you know, thanks a lot of, a lot of thank yous to my brothers, my two older brothers, obviously, when you have two older brothers to play against every day, when you're growing up, um, they're going to push you to be better. And, um, you know, you're always going to be the worst one. So you got to do what you can to get better and, and find a way to uh, win some games. So lots of credit goes to them for, for helping get me better over the years. And, um, but, you know, growing up, uh, Marin County is not, not really, uh, you know, really a basketball area, and not a lot of guys have even gone on to play Division One basketball for Marin County. So, um, you know, a small population of, of uh, you know, basketball players. So um, just try to branch out around the Bay Area and, and go find uh, and seek the best competition elsewhere. So, Yeah, Joey, that's wild. I've never even scored 26 points in a basketball game. So that's nuts. You mentioned your dad briefly. Obviously, you're from California, but he was at a lot of games this year. He missed only a couple, I'm pretty sure. What does that mean to you, knowing you have the support from your family all the way on the other coast? Yeah, it was uh, it was big time. Um, you know, uh, lots of credit goes to him for carving out some time to, to come uh, see me play. And, um, you know, that's what he does for a living. He travels around um, event management type stuff. So um, he was ready for it. And, and right when I signed to UConn, you know, he knew he was going to, you know, try to get out, get, get out there for as many games as possible. And, um, you know, uh, towards the end of March and or beginning of March and uh, Big East tournament and NCAA tournament, you know, I, my brother came out and, and saw a lot of our games and my mom, obviously, and then a lot of, uh, you know, relatives and, and close family friends also started traveling, you know, to New York for, for the Albany stop and obviously to Vegas and, and to Houston. So, um you know, lots, lots of people from California came out and, you know, my, my head coach from high school also brought his family to New York for the Big East tournament. And um, so, you know, a lot of support from, uh, from Marin County, from California. And, um, you know, I got a, I got a good uh, su support unit out here. And so, uh, you know, lots of thank yous to go around to all these people and they've, they've heard it a lot ever since I got home. So um, it was a special, special year for, uh, you know, all my California people. Yeah, Joe, I think we're going to close off here on this last one. Um, you know, obviously great season on the national championship down in Houston, experienced all that, lived all that. What's next? Um, obviously, you know, you're graduated now. Uh, what's the next move for Joey Calcaterra coming off this national championship? 
Yeah, so like I said, um, you know, I got the TBT on my plate right now. Um, you know, whenever whenever I have the opportunity to join a roster, you know, I'm going to try to try to maximize, you know, whatever I'm going to do out there. So I'm going at this 100%. You know, I've been working on my tail off to try to get ready for it. And, um, you know, we got put together a good roster. So I'm expecting to see uh, see some success in that tournament and, and hopefully have some fun while doing it. But, um, you know, after that, I'm going to come back, come back home and, and continue working out and, um, you know, my agent, you know, we've been working, trying to talk to some teams, see if, uh, you know, we can get something to shake for G League or, um, you know, anything. I just I just need an opportunity. But, um, you know, I'm just sitting by the phone, just waiting for anything. So, um, you know, hope, you know, priority number one is always going to be playing over here, staying close to home, you know, is that, uh, you know, always working towards that goal of mine of playing in the NBA or, um, you know, I have to start, if I have to start in the G League and do do it that route, that's fine. The, you know, if that doesn't work out and I have to look overseas, I'll do that. But, um, you know, I'm just taking it one day at a time, just making sure I'm ready for for whatever opportunities next. All right, Joey, I think that's all I got for you. Thanks a lot for coming on. We know you're really busy preparing for the TBT. We're all going to tune in. We're rooting for your team Absolutely. down in SoCal. I mean, we know UConn team. We don't really, really have anyone to root for, so why not you? And we wish you luck wherever your basketball career ends up after this TBT tournament. We're going to hopefully stay in touch. Maybe you can, you can come back on the pod at some point later, not, maybe not later in the summer, maybe in the fall or winter, just to catch up, just, just to stay in touch. I mean, UConn nation loved you last year. They're always going to want to see where their players move on in the pros. So I feel like this is a great way to do that. And like I said, thanks for coming on. Yeah, appreciate you guys. And for the fans, thanks for watching. Stay tuned for another episode at some point, probably later this month, slow in the off season, but we're going to try to keep on producing content for you guys. So thanks for watching.